Bunsen, Dolly, Internal, Why do we need Patrick, Oscar, Isaac, Transplanting. Oi, oi. Hey, back in the shed. How you doing? Oh, not bad, not bad, not bad. What have you been up to? I've been recording some music that my band did recording. in 1993 using a... So really, really contemporary things then. It's my really my up. school band. I was in a metal band at school. and What was it called? What was the name I of the band? I had two. One was called Element and one Element, was called nice. Panacea. Nice. Good names. Still untaken. What? Is that yeah, right? unbelievable. I thought they were good names. Still are good names. Anyway, um, yeah. yeah, we recorded some music back in the day, live music and uh, in the studio, and I've got them on cassettes. So I bought myself a cassette thing, and I've been slowly uploading them. Right. Do you how how much how much of the backdated catalogue of Element do you have? Is it you know is it, are we talking hours to document or you know is no this, we've got you know, a grand like... total of four studio tracks and about six live ones. Oh, that's Maybe we'll good. whack a bit on this pod. Do you know what? I think there is no way in the edit, listeners, that the next thing won't be won't be a section of element. Take it no away. been at home now for a long time Have haven't you? been in the lab Have i you? haven't been doing i've been going into the lab i haven't been talking to people i haven't been hearing about equipment and problems and measuring stuff and hardware interfacing uh, hardware, hardware interfacing so have you not and, been in the lab then for ages no no not not since um uh before christmas there. Uh, yeah wow um so I have to feel that there's still that bit of my mind, Nick. There's still that bit that I need to kind of, that, that itch I need to scratch, right? I still need to nerd out about about technology and, you know, limitations and thinking about things. And so I've been, that part of my personality has been actively seeking new new, new things to look at because I haven't been in the lab. And anyway, what I have you found, done, Steve? Like, what have you done? I found an entire sub, oh, you'd love it. I found this entire subculture on YouTube about coffee. About right. what? Coffee. Have you gone a bit all Heath Robinson in your flat? A little bit, yeah, a little bit. Um, so there's actually quite a lot of science associated with like making coffee, right? Um, coffee, and, as far as yeah. I'm concerned, we can live. You're not a big coffee, coffee fan. I just are you? don't. You know? I just don't. Um, I don't drink coffee. I mean, you're in the minority there. Literally, nearly everybody on planet Earth drinks coffee every day. I don't <laughs> like, think that's true. I reckon, like, most of India doesn't drink coffee every day. They drink tea. <laughs> and probably China, too. So, like, um, I think we can do without coffee. Okay, but all of South America, all of Africa, most of Western Europe, all of North America, all drink coffee every day. Uh, right, yeah, okay, it. yeah, whatever. Yeah, It's right. a popular drink. I'm not. Don't get me wrong. It's a popular drink. <laughs> anyway... I so anyway, you know when I've I been, do have coffee. I've been tr- uh, when you're hungover. If I feel ill, I have a milky coffee. <laughs> a milky coffee, warm. I make it with milk. This is an innovation of mine. 
You heat the milk right. and you don't have water. Okay. You just dissolve the coffee in the milk with sugar. Do you reckon it'll dissolve catch the on? Co- it's, There's oh, no sorry, water this in is it. Like, it's, it's, inst- it's instant coffee. Instant coffee in hot yeah, milk, in milk with sugar. I like the way you feel like that's innovative. Like they literally have been doing that since the seventies. <laughs> you feel like you're pushing back the boundaries of human understanding. Anyway, no ever put coffee. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, so anyway, there's, there's, as you'd expect, there's loads of, you know, really, you know, all of the kind of, there's a big community of people because there's a large amount of people that, that, that drink coffee. Yeah, I agree. There. Yes, there is a big community really, of people that really, drink coffee. They really, ner- really nerd out about the details <laughs> oh, right, of coffee. Okay. And, I've, and I've been getting drawn into it, right? And I, and I, for some, and, and because I've had this bit in my, I've just, it's been incredibly fascinating. And I want to tell you about some of the coffee science I've been learning. Okay. Maybe we, and I want to do this in a few different ways. I'm going to tell you the first one today and we can come back to oh, it. Oh, wow. Future, this right? is so the start of a series. <laughs> it's the start of a series. There's loads. There's loads. There's loads of science associated with it. So I didn't appreciate this about coffee. So I've been learning. It's not just me like taking the piss out of people that, that, that get nerd out about coffee. I didn't understand this about coffee. Right. So, so when you take like a filter coffee, you know, and an espresso, Right, they're the two different types of coffee, right? You know, one, you know, like, like, what do you understand? How is, how are they different to you, Nick? If you just like, um, well, a filter coffee is like you put the powder on a filter yeah. paper and then you squirt yeah. hot water through it. That's one. Yeah, yeah. And the other one is, and an espresso, you grind the beans up, and then you squirt the water through it. So, it's so why is it different? Well, I would say they're pretty similar, to be honest. The strength, espresso is stronger. I would have said the same. In fact, I would have just said it was concentration, that you push a little bit a little bit less water through the espresso than you do with the filter coffee. Yeah, 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 yeah. Basically. And I'd say with filter coffee, usually you kind of like it's already ground up as well. Like with an espresso, normally you grind it first. Yeah. Straight away. So, I, so, so actually, you know, for all of the espresso community, they all like get really snobby about the grinder that you use to grind the coffee. And I do you know where that is, Steve? Like, because they're it's wanky. Because they're twats. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean they are, but there's actually a reason behind it, and I didn't appreciate this before, right? So with so with espresso, you have to grind the coffee to extremely small particulate size, little powder, right? And the reason you do that is because you have to compress it into a puck, right? And the the machine that you know you know the little kind of metal thing that looks like a little metal you, basket with a handle it. on. I've done it. I've done it. I've done. I've had. I'm a barrister, mate. I'm a trained barrister. Barista, not barrister. Barrister. Yeah. I'm a trained barrister. <laughs> the barristers are different things. I, I no, no, but when I do it, I wear a little woolen <laughs> hairpiece, and I say, exactly. "You can't on call me. You can't say I'm not a barrister." Thing. Look, I'm a barrister. You can't say I'm not. But no, my friend. I've got a friend in um, Austria, and mm-hmm. he has one in his kitchen. And his wife taught. Oh, me. I've got one now. His I've wife taught now. me how to use it. So yeah. I did all of the thing with the weights and everything, pushing but it. But do you know why? So compact. obviously you weren't paying attention because I asked you before and you don't know why you've been doing it that way. Well, so the difference no, is in an, no. in an espresso, the the porter filter, which is the cup bit, the metal thing with the little handle. Yeah. Like when you, when you put the, the, the espresso grounds in it and you tamp them, yeah, which yeah. is what you're doing, you squish them right into this puck. The reason you do that is that there's a, there's a, 
a back pressure provided by the coffee. So if you just drip water through an espresso, if it's not made properly, what happens is it won't drip through. You have to force the water through at high pressure, which is why espresso typically is made at nine bars worth of pressure. And it's the actual coffee that provides the resistance to the water. So whereas in drip coffee, just the water just goes through. But in espresso, that it's the actual coffee itself. It's so if denser. you don't grind it fine enough, you don't. If you don't grind it fine enough, water will just drip through, and therefore it won't provide any back pressure, and therefore you don't get ah, coffee. Right. So you, you, don't, to, you don't get you don't get an espresso. I see. So you have to right. I see. So it, have you ever tried an espresso or a coffee in a coffee shop, and it tastes a bit sour? Like it doesn't like so, so, like it can bit taste. It can not taste kind of bitter. It tastes sour. Um. No, you're not a big coffee drinker, are you? Okay, but if you have had that, that's basically what that means is that they haven't made the puck properly. And what that means is the water just basically doesn't have a high enough resistance and it just passes straight through. And if it passes through at low pressure, it doesn't extract all of the kind of bitter compounds out of it. So they would say that's under extracted, right? That's how they describe it. And so actually it's the particulate side so so all these people nerd out about the kind of like literally you can spend 20 grand on a on a proper espresso grinder right you know they can literally yeah it's nuts you know people go crazy for it talking about particulate size and then i was like okay but okay but what how does that affect the quality that you know how do you know how much coffee comes out of your espresso right you know how much of the coffee goes into the water afterwards right and this is because you'd imagine if you take a coffee bean and you roast it it goes really dark and therefore the color of the coffee is darker but it doesn't mean it's stronger it just means it's colored more right so they've thought about this the the coffee community they had they use refractometers because the, the 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 refractive index of the coffee changes even though the darkness of it might might not depending upon the roast so now like you know modern day baristas not only measure out the particulate size of their, their of the ground coffee that they make in espresso but they'll also use a refractometer to measure the refractive index and therefore the amount of coffee that's gone into the water after you've passed the water through the coffee puck well blow me down is Isn't there, it like is there like you wouldn't a think it's that much science is there like a comparator in the tea industry like i mean can you have like it's a good question can you have like a well, it's not it's a stupid question but thank no, you for respecting not. me but with yorkshire tea like if i hadn't yeah. brewed my yorkshire tea appropriately then yeah because you know sometimes you get a funny tasting cup of tea poison tea you get po- about one in ten you make a poison tea don't you not, not in my for some reason Steve. no, no not my <laughs> and you know why i've learned why i use fresh water i empty the kettle and do I, not reboil as this impairs don't reboil. flavor. And I, I'm yeah. very energy conscious. I'll only boil enough water for like... Oh you don't do that in my house. I've, I've told you off for that before when you've come around. Well, you never had a kettle for kettle months. Right I was boiling it on a bloody <laughs> thing on the hob. <laughs> there, was about, there was about four months I didn't have a kettle. Right? <laughs> Can you not have a kettle? Anyway, um, yeah, but you, you're right. Sometimes, I mean, I'm very particular about my cups of tea. Mm. And I notice like, you know... If it's not quite right, I'll just do it again. And I've got like a set kind of, it's almost like a ritual of the tea bagging. Mm. Sorry to use that phrase, but <laughs> the tea bagging. You know, it's I've the, got, the, the exactly it's appropriate. I like phrase. to cut my bag, cut my bag gently and just invert it several times. I don't squeeze it. I just cut and invert. Then I leave and I go and watch like maybe, right. maybe one minute of bargain hunt. And then I come back. And I, I invert the tea bag a few times before disposing it. And I know if I've gone too far because some scum will form on the surface. So if there's no scum on the surface, that's just the right amount. That's perfect. But I like so to temper you, my tea with a, measure... quite a lot of milk. I like a milk. I like a strong you tea would... 
but milky. Do you know what I mean? So it's so strong that even if you put a lot of milk in, it's still medium strength. But you could you could argue that like you know you might just say well the the dark, the, the the brownness of the water tells me about how strong the tea is, right? You could and but the trouble is if you use a different type of tea, how brown it gets. So you use a Lapsang Shushong versus a Assam. Like you know you have to like you'd have to have a different. That that's not quite fair. You can't compare them. Well, no, some of course of them not. I mean, extract if, more. If you strongly. have a Darjeeling, it's never going to be as dark as a York Indeed. Tetley. But the refractive index actually encodes that information. Wow. So that's the thing you need to measure. Well, and that's what the coffee community you know, does. You know what they should do? They should just go the whole, whole hog and get a mass spec. Like a they mass should. spectrometer um, with ICP like... Mass exactly, spec, yeah. exactly. An inductive coupled plasma. I, mass spectrometer in the kitchen. You know... You can't drink the coffee until a day, until you've analysed all the data. <laughs> it takes 24 hours. <laughs> Look, I've got loads of coffee science to go through. And all I'm saying is I am... There's a, there's a, there's a uh, gentleman on YouTube called James Hoffman, who's, who's, um, who was a world barista champion, um, who actually is fantastic. Like completely... Um, you know, he, he is not a scientist, but extremely scientific. Very well, well worth watching if anyone's interested. Um, and he talks through all of the different kind of like the, the aspects of, you know, brewing coffee. And I'm going to kind of hijack some of his content and kind of regurgitate it to you in future versions of this. But it's impressive because they're actually fi- what they're finding now is that there's, you know, there are you know, up until literally about 10 years ago, people didn't even weigh how much coffee and water they would use in an espresso or how much they would use in a, in a filter coffee or a, a, a latte. And so, so it was really, it was really an art. People ar- weigh ar- it now then? Well, of course they do now. They don't weigh it. They do. They just guess. They have to... In Costa, they no. just guess. They just pour a bit in. They like, don't weigh it. They don't co- have bloody scales in there. They do. And actually there's a debate in the community. This is quite funny. They're saying how they, need, they, they, they insist on a two, uh, on a, a de- on a two decimal place gram scale in order to put to the nearest to 10 it. micrograms that's exactly what i said i said like you need the nearest nearest gram probably makes sense anything else complete waste. and so like you can buy you know basically an analytical balance that baristas will buy to put in their coffee shops right you know that you know it costs you know a thousand pounds for a for a balance in order to weigh out 18 grams of coffee for their 40 grams of espresso or whatever it happens to be so all I'm saying is that they, but but in order for them to become reproducible, in order for them to be, in order for it to become, you know, comparable, and for them to actually make things of higher quality, they've had to become more scientific. They've had to, they've had to adopt. It's it's gone from being this art, you know, where someone just intuitively understood how much coffee was in an espresso, to uh, to actually now measuring stuff. You know, and so that's that should be applauded. This is, you know, it's, it's the coffee, it's the it's coffee science, and also it gives me something to do while I'm really bored on uh, a Tuesday well, evening. Well, Steve, I look forward to your next brew. In the club. this bit and that's the bit that makes it glow blue sorry i can't do the fiddy voice do you know i've been on twitter a lot more recently 
I thought you were step to st- stepping back from the the social the social worlds. I thought you were taking like... it off your phone. I like, have deplugging from. I don't have I don't have Twitter on my phone. I don't have Facebook on my phone. Right. Um. So I can't like look at it all the time. Because is that I've just got... because it became a bit too? You became a bit too overstimulated. I've got. I think I've got an addictive personality, and I find myself like obsessively going backwards and forwards between different things. Right. To occupy myself when I should yeah. be doing something else, for instance. But right. generally, just to occupy myself when I'm watching something perfectly interesting and exciting, <laughs> I just can't. Oh, so help. you're so you're kind of dual screening, like I while you're watching the football to, or something. Exactly, and um, it's life is so much richer when you don't. You're not doing that, to be honest. So. I'm trying not to do it, but anyway, are you, are been... you embracing your inner Ray Mears? Just like just imagining being in the wood, turning up the volume on the nature around you, and focusing on the moment. Exactly, I'm like whittling, whittling out a willow tree to yeah. make some kind of vessel, drinking vessel, that sort of thing. <laughs> both, 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 kind of like emotionally and physically. Anyway, I don't know how we got onto this. Because Why are we, we talking started... about golf? <laughs> <laughs> I was saying that I've I've been like going on Twitter because I use ah, Twitter right, for yeah. positive things about my lab. I tell people what's mm. going on in the lab just and say congratulations, blah blah blah, whatever. Anyway, I happened to be looking at it today, and it's quite an interesting tweet I saw um, from a PhD student at the University of Pennsylvania, and it's about when you get the wrong thing if you order something in the lab. If you're in the lab. Mm-hmm. And you order something from a company, right? You know, you order like pipettes or something, something a scientist orders. Have you ever ordered something, Steve, and got something completely unexpected? I guess the equivalent is if you online order with Sainsbury's and you ask for like some tomatoes and you get... Oh, so, know, so not that you've ridiculous. ordered the wrong thing, that they've delivered the wrong thing. Is that They what give mean? you the wrong thing. They send you the wrong thing. Do you know what? I don't think I have the. the in, in, we often, quite often, order from a company called Thor Labs. They make a variety of like optics um, equipment. And the good thing when you order stuff with Thor Labs, they send you lab snacks, a little box with some jellies and some crisps in, and maybe some jelly beans. No right? way. I'm yeah. Order from them. Yeah, and the students love it. The students love it because they're like, shall we order from Newport or Thor Labs? They go Thor Labs, guys. <laughs> you know, they love it because they get some jelly beans. That's what it's all about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The meaningful. Uh... Yeah, yeah, the stuff so, that so I, it's not no, about so, the equipment, so we've had it's about jelly, the jelly babies. We've, ne- we've had jelly babies, but we've never had, I don't think we've ever had the wrong thing. Why? What did, what did this person get? They ordered, so this is Julia Eberhard. She's a PhD student, as I said, at UPenn. She ordered like a massive box of 50 mil conical tubes. So these are plastic tubes that you put things in, like liquid, and you do centrifuge things. Right. Every lab uses 50 mil tubes, Steve. You use them, right? Yeah, of course we do. I use yeah. them. We, we came through these tubes, sterile 50 mil tubes. Do you know what they got instead? <laughs> I don't know. What did they get? They got a box containing four dead vacuum-packed cats. They got four what? cats. Four cats. What? Uh, there's a picture on there. We'll we'll post this with the podcast later on. Wait. But... Okay. Sorry. <laughs> so you can buy you can buy dead you can buy cats. I was not aware of this. This is from. I a mean, company it would called... make it would make sense to me. You could probably buy mice because uh, you might have to feed them to some other some slightly bigger animal. But you can. Wh- why would you want to buy dead cats to do? I don't look like. Well, someone else chimed in and said, well, actually, they sell, they do sell cats and you can buy them. They're called preserved specimens, 45 centimetres long, one per bag. That's what they're listed as in the company. <laughs> you can order them. Um, okay. they, they use, so they're used as, um, as dissection pieces, so for education. 
And apparently, and you know, this is just what some dude on Twitter says, they're, they're from um, humane societies. So animals that have been euthanized from humane societies will get processed and sent to medical research companies um like like fishers wow. so you can buy but can you imagine so, that you've ordered 50 mil century tubes you open up the bag there's a dude here and he's literally holding a stiff rigid formaldehyde cat? preserved cat in so a bag cat, so has the cat been skinned is there no it's a fur it's and just, everything it look, it you can tell like one of them looks siamese yeah and they've just dipped it in like formaldehyde yeah yeah can wow. you imagine and does, does it girl. come? Does it come in like a bag, like a goldfish from a fair, or does it come? No, it's like a kind of like you know, if you order. Well, this is showing. This is my showing my middle class creds here, <laughs> but I, I order mussels sometimes from Aldi, and the okay. mussels come in a vacuum packed yep. bag. You imagine that? Just replace yep. the mussels that, with, with a cat. cat. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to be pouring that into your pan, do you, with garlic wow. sauce? Wow. Well, I mean, oh, yeah, that God. would certainly be a certainly be a shock. And you know, thank you for Twitter for sharing that. Beware! If you want to watch out for it, it the product number is S three seven six five one N D. So don't make any mistakes when you enter your order code when you're ordering it. is um so this is so this I'd is exactly have to guess. So I, I don't know I, I'm not coming across I didn't know I didn't know and I, I was I was I was uh I was eat, I was eating some I was eating a chocolate bar and I was look and and uh and the person I was with turned around and said oh you know we're looking at and it says that it, something was a hemectant I was like oh, I don't know what that means that's exactly the type of thing I should know what that sounds means. chemically it is chem well it's chemically I mean yeah. I've heard of hermetically sealed Hermetically sealed. That's, that, that's, that's where I, don't I have think... to guess something to do with drying something. I don't know. Keeping it dry. You're close. You're close. <laughs> it's actually, it, well, when I say close, you're completely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually keeping it wet. Oh, the opposite. So, uh, a oh, hermetically so sealed is a hygroscopic. You're trying to keep the water out. I see. Okay. So, yeah, so, or, or keep the water in. Um, but yeah, hermectant is a is a hygroscopic substance used to keep things moist, oh. right? So it's used all. And I had a quick look at this. It's used all over the place, right? It's used in food, cosmetics, medicine, pesticides. Um, you know, there's various different examples of which. So, so you know, most commonly, think in your food. So, so things like you know what you want to do in um, uh, in food is kind of keep keep things moist right you can imagine if you've got a cake so, or a something minute. like that so is this hermectant or humectant humectant oh, like humid yes exactly oh, right. like humid okay, okay, okay. so 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 hermectant attracts and retains moisture from the air via absorption so it's kind of drawing water into it and therefore keeping things moist yeah 
it's the opposite of a desiccant. So you know if you've ever had like I don't know if you buy some beef jerky or something and it has that little little bag of silica that's a desiccant that's trying to keep the moisture out. It's the exact opposite of that. But so so honey is an example well, actually, of a that. Actually, that silicon stuff is that's to specifically to absorb the moisture, right? Well, that's because that, so, so that's a desiccant. desiccant. So that's the opposite. So 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 the silica gel is the opposite of a homectant. Right. So 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 a homectant wants to wants to keep stuff. Okay, wet right. and uh, and a desiccant wants to keep stuff dry. Okay. Um, so you know, so so things like sucrose, glycerin, glycerol, all of these things are used in food. Yeah. Um, honey, another good example. It just keeps things kind of moist. Yeah. Um, uh, but they're also used quite a lot in all the things like so the military has all these um, you know these kind of um, like standard rations that you get in military like it's really there's lots of study that's gone into that to kind of you have to be able to keep food palatable for years it's used in things like toothpaste cosmetics like all over the place tobacco is another good one so obviously you want your tobacco to be to have a bit of moisture in it you know when it dries out after a while um uh, you don't want that you want to keep your tobacco moist obviously so, yeah, Lammy, so, so, Lammy and Butler didn't have enough of them in them <laughs> Just to joke on them. I, I think you'd have to help me with that. dry once. I'm not telling you what for. I found like a huge piece of chipboard in it. Massive length of piece of chip chipboard. Yeah, yeah. In a Lammy and Butler. Wow. Half okay. So, so that, were they the, were they the cheapest of cigarettes? They were. At the time? It certainly wasn't the okay. humexant device. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. I, 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 I'm using, uh, you know, our platform of our podcast to reveal my own ignorance of about knowing, of, I should have been knowing what the, some of these sciencey words mean. So next time you're looking at, if you look at like, if you look at any kind of like cake, particularly if it contains like oats and things, if you get like a flapjack, it'll almost certainly have a homectant in to keep it moist. Wow. Um, Prince Charles oil, wouldn't be happy with subject. that. He wouldn't. No, no, indeed not. Bunsen, Burner, Dolly, Machine, Internal, Combustion, Why Do We Need, Petri, Oscar, Bay. Isaac, Newton, Transplanting, Hello! Brian, how I are you? I thought I bought a record the other day. You bought I've a record, what record, was your record? But I thought it was about where I'm from, because it was a band, and they was called Black Country New Road. <laughs> and I thought it was about the Black Country and the Birmingham New Road. But you know right, what? But... Nothing to do with the black country or the new road. It's just a bunch of hipsters playing some stupid oh, music. Kind of like you weird must have been really jazz annoyed music. Then. Like Cossacks would dance oh, around. Brian, I'm, I'm sorry. Could you take it back or something at least? I'm going to send it back, mate, because it's rubbish. You should. You should. Me and the wife, <laughs> Marjorie, she day like it. She says, what's this racket? Put the slave How... back on. Why are you listening Put to the this rubbish? Or, uh, or, um, or Led Zeppelin. That's oh yeah, Robert listen. Plant. Yeah. Good man. How have you? Good man. Have you um? Have you been? Have you been immunised? I've Brian? had I've you had, had two vaccines because I'm an older yeah. chap. Yeah. Oh yeah. Do you feel? Do you feel invincible I now? I feel invincible. Good. To I hear had it. the Gary Lineker it. one. The, the Gary Lineker. The, the Oxford one. The Gary Lineker. <laughs> oh, that's Gary Lineker. Yeah. Why is it? That's what it's called. Oh, I know that. Gary Lineker. Yeah. Or is it Andy Lineker? I can't remember. It's one of the Linekers. One of them. I've had it. <laughs> anyway, Brian, I'm immune. Today. 
Did you like the science show today? I did, right? mate. It was great. I always love the science that you guys come out with. It makes me happy. Aww, oh, yeah. But uh, you know what? If I want to find out more, I want to interact with you guys. How do I get in touch with you? Well, the best thing you can do if you like the science show, Brian, is share it on social media. That's how, that's things that helps us the most, just to get it out there. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, I'm on Twitter. I'm at Steve the Chemist, and Nick is uh, at the Evans Lab. Or you can just tweet us directly at, at the Science Shed. Boston, mate, I'll get on national. See you next time. See you next time. <laughs>